it's almost become a cottage industry discussing coaching searches among the so-called insiders that have in, inside information um, about said coaching search and who's a candidate and who's been offered and who's uh, a real candidate and who's not. We're going to dispel some of those myths and take you inside real coaching searches and explain to you how they work and what you can believe in which you can't in a general universal sense. And we're going to use a recent example about the Alabama coaching search as an indicator of some, how some of this takes place. If you want details about everything to do on coaching searches, about the players, teams, coaches, schemes, the games, we got it covered for y'all at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our holiday savings special that we still got on board for you. You can get the best information around. Um, and we got you covered from a playing, coaching, scouting, and front office perspective. LandryFootball.com. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So we I'm going to use this recent example of the Alabama coaching search, and we're going to talk specifically about it, but we're also going to talk about how some of this is usually handled. You know the drill. You get these provocatory talks about who the best candidates are out there. A lot of that's put out by the media. Where do the insiders get their information? Well, mostly you're, the people inside the university uh, that, as I like to say, those who know don't talk, those who talk don't know. So you're getting information from people inside the university that like to what I call play the big shot role. They like to talk to the media to give the impression that they're on the inside and on the inside detail of the coaching search and what they're going to do. And it's usually a bunch of nonsense um, and a bunch of phony baloney. When you hear the names, they usually are put out amongst agents or what I call agent runners. You're not going to see Jimmy Sexton getting quoted on or off the record, but you're going to see some of the people that are in his camp that provide information, that are sources connected to Jimmy to give him plausible deniability, but to put information out there. So, for example, when you have uh, a list of clientele amongst the likes of a Jimmy Sexton, and there's really, I was about to say, and others like him. There's really no one quite like him. But there are others that are close that have numerous guys as well. We're going to use Jimmy Sexton as an example here, though, in this case. He's got a number of candidates. Well, you're going to notice that pretty much all of the candidates are some of his clients. It gets put out there. Not by him, because good sourced, good reputable journalists are not going to take Jimmy Sexton's word that his clients are the guys. He's got people that he will put, that he'll give, throw information to, that will talk to the media, that will throw those names out. Therefore, and it usually is something that makes a lot of sense, right? So Alabama's job is opening. It's pretty obvious that, you know, you're not going to get somebody from, you know, uh, lower level that's going to be a candidate for that job. 
You know, for example, Kalen Nabor got the job. If he was still the head coach at Sioux Falls in South Dakota, he wouldn't be a candidate for the job. Uh, if he was still the head coach at Fresno State, which he spent just such a brief time with, he would not be a candidate for this job. Uh, it's the fact that, okay, it's believable. Dan Lanning's believable. Some will throw out Dabble Sweeney, Lane Kiffin, uh, uh, Mike Nova. All of those guys are really good coaches that have done good jobs at big programs. Uh, all that might consider making the move to perhaps a better job, which Alabama's certainly one of the elite jobs. So information is put out there. But the process goes behind the scenes with the agent and the university. And let's just go the athletic director in, in this case. And that's mostly the, the point man for these, <clears throat> these decisions. As the university starts to do their homework on who they would like, and they do a lot of work um, on background information and try to talk to, to folks. I know because I have been on the inside of a lot of those conversations, given an evaluation and assessment, not of, hey, here's who you should hire. But, you know, when I'm asked about candidates, I will give a scouting report on the coach just like I would give on a player. As they kind of narrow down their list, uh, the process begins. When you have an agent that has, let's say, in this in the Alabama case, Kalen DeBoer is a Jimmy Sexton client. Mike Norvell is part of the CAA group, and there's somebody else that actually is the front guy representing Mike Norvell, but it's still a Jimmy Sexton guy. The other thing to keep in mind, even if a client is not a Jimmy Sexton client, the, the agents will help out one another in this regard. I mean, you know, you, they would love to take the other's clients, don't get me wrong, so they're competitive in that regard. But they all want one thing. They all want the price of coaches to go up because the more coaches' salaries go up, the better it is for every coach. A rising tide raises all ships. So in the case of Jimmy Sexton, he's representing Mike Norvell and Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian and Kalen DeBoer and, and Dan Lanning. I mean, all the guys that were at least mentioned as potential candidates for the job, at least by the media or of the like. Here's a couple of things to keep in mind. When the names are thrown out by the agent runners, it's done for a reason. It, it makes the schools that currently employ those quote-unquote candidates a little bit nervous. They don't know. They're not on the inside of what somebody else is going to do. So they have to look and only assume the worst. What if they come after my guy? What do we want to do? Then said agent knows that they've got leverage to play with in that no athletic director wants to see their coach get poached. I told, uh, for example, Joe Oliva at LSU years ago, when Les Miles was quote unquote a candidate at Michigan, when he really wasn't, he was being used as a leverage as leverage. I said, call the bluff. Just tell him you got a contract that if you lose them, you can get a better coach than Les Miles. Well, they didn't want that because at that time, 
public perception was, well, we don't want to lose our coach to Michigan. It makes us look bad. Okay, so that becomes like an embarrassment. You know, just like it might be embarrassing if, you know, you break up with someone and they leave someone else, you feel embarrassed. You maybe feel less about yourself because they left you to go somewhere else, where in reality, they may be doing you a favor. You don't see it that way right there because you feel embarrassed. But you know what? Sometimes it's better. Until coaches, until athletic directors take that approach, we're going to continue to have this issue. Unless you really do love your coach and you really think he's a great fit. So as the names are floated out there, those schools have no other choice but to try to do whatever they can to secure their guy. Now, in the case of, say, Dan Lanning at Oregon, well, they already did that. He's got a real, relatively new contract, $20 million buyout, and as good as he is. And while he might have been the best candidate at a place like Alabama, with his southern ties and recruiting ties, they were not interested. And I don't know anybody that would be interested in spending the $20 million buyout plus hiring him at the rate that it's going to cost. It just, it didn't make fiscal sense for anybody. And we're not talking about Nick Saban. If Dan Lanning is the same Dan Lanning and has the same buyout and he wins three out of the next five national championships and he builds the premier program in the country that looks like Georgia and Alabama uh, currently has in recent years, that might be different. Somebody might come up with that money and say, here's a blank check. He's good. And and he's going to be worth a lot. But no one's willing to do that for him. In fact, some people will look and say, hey, he got beat twice by Kalen DeBoer. And you'd be right. Doesn't make Kalen DeBoer a better candidate for Alabama than Dan Lanning as a just a pure candidate, apples to apples. But it wasn't an apples to apples comparison because the buyout was that significant. It never got to that. And in fact, what Dan Lanning used it, he didn't get more money. He used it to reaffirm his commitment to the school. It it looks good in recruiting. And he didn't have to say, yeah, I'm staying here to, I'm turning down the Alabama job. He just said, I'm staying here. Basically just kind of responding to the rumors out there that quite frankly, it never got off the ground with regards to Alabama and, and, uh, and, uh, and Dan Lanning because of what I mentioned. Now, Lane Kiffin was never a candidate. Uh, Mike Norvell is an example of a a guy that was a candidate. Steve Sarkeesian was somebody of interest. It was quickly dispelled because, again, Jimmy Sexton representing all of these guys, kind of um, that that didn't get anywhere. Um, So, but before it doesn't get anywhere, The agent has to make sure that, okay, this is not going to work. It's not going to. 
But hold tight, Sark. Let's not reaffirm anything and say anything. Let's see about getting you more money on your deal. Get you and so he's able to get a little bit more money, a little bit more security, a little bit more for his staff, whatever they want to do, even though it wasn't going to go through with it and he wasn't going to take the job and it wasn't going to be something that was going to work for either side. Let's get more money before we do it. Um, with Kaylin DeBoer, this situation was a little different. This was the guy that they looked at. Mike Norvell was kind of a backup plan that if things didn't work out with Kaylin DeBoer, that's who Alabama was going to go with. Okay. Once it got down the line with Kaylin DeBoer, far enough to where it was pretty much a secure done deal. Okay. Jimmy Sexton says, okay, before we do this deal with Kaylin, before that deal gets done, he get he calls Mike Norvell and says, look, Mike, this is what's going now. Okay, let's get you re-upped for something better at Florida State so you can take your name out. When a coach re-ups with a school that he's at and the school that he was, quote-unquote, a candidate for, um, names their guy within 24, 48 hours, I can tell you, 99 times out of 100, that means not that the guy turned the school down, but that the guy was told he wasn't going to get the job, and they allow him to pull his name out of it, and that just means more money for him at Florida State. So he's not going to get the Alabama job, but before we go forward with things breaking about Kalen DeBoer getting the Alabama job, Let's get you more money at Florida State and get you more years in which they did. And that's how the game is played. Now, we know how this world works, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. What happened with Kalen DeBoer? He had a contract offer in October, November, and he slow-played signing it. Why? The word went to Kalen from Jimmy Sexton. Haul off on signing it. Let's slow play it, which is a term we use to, hey, look, I want to finish the season. And by the way, Washington was on a path of trying to win a Pac-10 title, trying to get to the playoffs, trying to win a national championship, and done, done, and almost done there. So there was every reason to push back, not push back, but slow play it and say, look, let's, let's wait and table this because I want to focus on this and get this done. Um, I want to have a chance to look at it. That's a legitimate way you slow play it. But it was a sign and should be a sign. When the deal is not signed, there's whether it's by purpose or just happenstance, that leaves the door open for something else to marinate. And that something else became the possibility, which Jimmy Sexton was aware of Jimmy Sexton, Nick Saban, Terry Saban, Nick's wife, were kind of on the end that, look, this might happen. So if that is going to be the case, and Greg Byrne was another guy that was led to believe that, look, be prepared to hire a head coach this offseason because there's a good chance that Nick might call it quits. And if he didn't, 
and Nick didn't, that's okay. You didn't, the work you do in preparing is only going to serve you well for a year from now or whenever you got to make that hire. There was signs pointing to Kalen DeBoer all along. Nick Saban had really studied Washington's program over a year ago when he was trying to hire an offensive coordinator. Before he hired Tommy Reese, he wanted to hire Washington's offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb. He didn't come. But through that process, he really was impressed with what was being done in his research. I talked with him about it myself, about the Washington program. What do you know about He really liked the Washington program, what Kalen Bohr was doing and what they're doing offensively, so on and so forth. Well, if he liked it, certainly Greg Byrne is going to get that feedback as well. So pretty early in the process, Greg Byrne had kind of targeted Kalen DeBoer. And the only issue is you don't know that Kalen DeBoer might not have a better opportunity. What if a opportunity that was better in his eyes? Now, Alabama fans will say, well, there's nothing better than the Tide in their program. Well, no, there, there, there could be jobs that are better. It might be better for him, for him, as he saw it. There wasn't. There's always possibility that it could be. And you don't know what the offer is going to be and what the feeling and, and, you know, how that chemistry is going to be when you meet the athletic director. All of those things come later. And they did. So when they sat there and met, it wasn't like, yeah, it might have been the first time they met face to face. It might have been the first time they had a deep conversation. But Kalen DeBoer, through Jimmy Sexton, had done a lot of research on the Alabama program, what it's like, what it will entail. So Jimmy Sexton prepared Kalen DeBoer for Alabama. And Jimmy Sexton prepared Greg Byrne in Alabama for Kalen DeBoer. Long before this ever came to down to last Wednesday when Nick Saban retired, and then it became a 48-hour process. So when he said, give me 72 hours or whatever hours he said, he knew he had a guy that he felt pretty good about that he was going to get. And he knew he had a backup plan in Mike Norvell. Both Jimmy Sexton guys that Jimmy knew would have taken the job. There's a reason why. Uh, you know, Mike Norvell re- got his deal late again because the the process of getting a contract done and the parameters deal done with Kalen DeBoer was pretty much a definite. Well, how does how does uh, Mike Norvell know that? Because his agents the same agents that doing the deal with Kalen DeBoer. So there he's on the end there that can say, all right, look. Mike, Norvell, let's get you more deal because they're going to go in another direction. I probably won't tell Mike, you know, who it's going to be. I mean, I, I don't know, but, you know, look, they're telling me they've got somebody. They like you, but they're going to go in a different direction. That's how you that's how the, the conversation goes. And then but so here's what we're going to do. The process is this. The school never offers a job to someone unless it's so far down the road that you know they're going to take it. It's kind of like this. 
very rarely does a man uh, ask a girl to marry him and get down on one knee unless he knows that the girl is going to say yes. I mean, I guess there's some circumstances where it doesn't happen that way. But for the most part, you never ask unless they're going to accept it. So the, the theory about, you know, well, the school never offers the job only to one person, the person they accept, is true. What is not quite um, genuine is sometimes there's an interest in two or three others that might be even preferred, but you can't work it out. They're not quite interested in what you've got to offer. You maybe have some, it just doesn't work out. Now, what is not something you want if you're a candidate for the job is to be sitting there at Florida State, have your name floated in, and they hire Kalen DeBoer, and you don't take advantage of that set interest and get an extension. A, it's it looks bad on you because it looks like, hey, you were trying to leave and you didn't get the job, so you stayed here. It, it hurts his situation there. But, and this is where why some of the schools do this, Florida State can sell, hey, Mike Norvell was a candidate for an Alabama job, and they don't need to say he was turned down, he turned them down, but he's staying here. Well, that's what we know. Quote, unquote, he was someone of interest, and and he re-upped with Florida State. Both things are true. Now, the Alabama fans will certainly say, the Alabama side will say, yeah, we only wanted one guy, and that was the guy we got. And then, of course, the Florida State fans are going to say, well, they wanted my guy first, but he turned Alabama down. Um, Texas will say they, they wanted our guy. Everyone has that, you know, something they can rely upon to say. Now, people want to know the truth and want to know the facts. Again, I've given you a little bit of intel. Sark wasn't interested in leaving Texas. Doesn't make a lot of sense to go to Texas to replace Nick Saban and go back to Alabama. Um, Dan Lanning did not make sense for really Dan timing-wise or Alabama money-wise. Just didn't. Um, Caitlin DeBoer was sellable, was the type of personality that they thought was needed to step in and replace no one replaces Nick Saban, but steps into that job and I think is somebody that Nick Saban was comfortable with. Um, look, Lane Kiffin um, is another Jimmy Sexton client. You notice his name was never mentioned, other than some Alabama fans wishing and hoping, hey, that's my preference. His name was never really out there as a candidate. Neither was Dabo Sweeney. So you can't. Um, Jimmy Sexton didn't use that for more leverage at, at Ole Miss. Why? Because Lane, he got Lane an extension earlier. Why? It was floated out there. You know, hey, look, he wants to recommit to you. There'll be some openings, so on and so forth. Ole Miss, again, 
it's a positive for them to throw some more millions at him. It's cheap in their eyes to show a reaffirmation to the, our program. He's staying with us, which in reality, he could pick up and leave tomorrow. But the likelihood is less because we've got a new deal done. It's kind of a renewing of our vows, so to speak. And it gives a good impression from a recruiting and a transfer portal. And this is important in this day and age, NIL collective fundraising. It helps with all of that. So if you want to know what happened, again, look at the timeline of things. And I know people say, well, I'm confused, Chris, because if a guy re-ups, you know, he might have turned a school down. Well, think about this. If he's a, truly a candidate for the job and he really wants the job, he'd maybe stay in it longer. If a guy like, for example, Lane Kiffin was not a candidate, re-upped quite a while ago. Steve Sarkeesian quickly, you know, redid a new deal. Um, I mean, immediately. Mike Norvell was the last one to get his deal done at Florida State. It's pure timing will tell you, would he have left Florida State to go to Alabama? 100%. He wasn't offered the job, and he wasn't going to get offered the job, unless things fell apart with Kalen DeBoer, which then I think would have put Mike Norvell in play. Uh, I don't, I don't, I think he would have had a good chance of getting it then. But knowing through his agent, who represented DeBoer and him, that he wasn't going to get it. Let's get the deal done to make it, you don't say it like this, but let's get your deal done at Florida State. Alabama's going in a different direction. And so it is. Look, it's um, the other thing to keep in mind is, as I always like to say, does it make sense or doesn't it make sense? You've got Florida State that's struggling to determine where they want to be as a conference. If you're a head coach like Mike Norvell, Florida State's a great job and one that would have been coveted if it were open. But is Alabama a better job? Every day of the week, it's better, not even close. Just the fact that there's stability within the SEC and the two power conferences, that's enough. I mean, that's where Florida State's trying to get into one of the power leagues. So, Look, it's a great job that you have, but Alabama's better. Um, it, it, Texas, I can't make the case that, that the Alabama's better than Texas. I mean, you can make the case either way. Oregon, also in a power league. Big difference. The ACC, while not a group of five league, is not one of the power two leagues. And I'm going to tell you, um, there's nobody that wouldn't leave from where they are to go to another, unless it's an unusual circumstances. Mac Brown at North Carolina, that's basically at his retirement job. He ain't going anywhere in the SEC or the Big Ten. He's not that he's a candidate anywhere, but he wouldn't. Just because he's kind of finishing out his career, living at a place that um, that Sally and, and, and Mac want to live in, in Chapel Hill. So, You've got to really understand and know the, the players, in this case, the coaches, and kind of what their goals are. And you've got to understand the agents. Uh, you say, well, how do you know all this, Chris? Well, it's, it's not that I'm just like this, got all the answers. It's not. But when you work 
with these agents and helping to evaluate coaches, young coaches, potential coaches that come up through the ranks that they pursue as clients early on. Um, you get to know a little bit about kind of what they are. You get to know the coaches. You, you, you can tell by what coaches ask and what they want. I, I could tell working with Nick Saban through the years, the things he'd ask me about certain places. Uh, when he was, when we were working together with the Browns, um, I could tell what level of interest he would ask me about LSU a lot. It's where I coached and before. And so he was, you know, he knew a little bit more about Michigan state than he did LSU a lot more actually. So he asked different things. Uh, he asked about Ohio state and he had had a little time with Ohio state, but those are the type of things that you try that you, over time, you get a feel for who might be interested and who might not, who might be interested in jumping into pro ball and who might not, which is a lot of them that are wanting to do it. But the purpose of this is you will get a lot of narratives that are written by the media and the fans. We've got a media cycle now that is much like the political media. You have to go to a certain station or in this case, you got to go to a certain website to get your views from your team. Um, and the truth is somewhere in the middle in most cases, but it's difficult for people in this day and age to be objective. That's the first problem. Two, if you don't have access to the information, you don't know. Three, uh, no one's going to tell you what they're doing, but there are ways, if you're involved in my case, to pretty much know how things play out based upon where a guy is, where a guy's goals are, what makes sense, what doesn't, and then the timing. Uh, as I said, if something happens very quickly and there's a, a long gap between somebody re-upping at his place and that school um, finding their coach, there's a pretty good indicator that that's the guy that they wanted. And when they didn't get them, they had to go back to square one. And so instead of, hey, look, we're going to get a guy in 72 hours, it takes another 72 hours to get it done because the guy they wanted turned them down. But if a guy, quote unquote, re-ups with the school and that school turns around within 24, 48 hours and hires a guy, that tells you right there, 90 times out, 90 times, times out of 100, that that candidate was told that he wasn't going to get the job, particularly if the agent that represents that candidate also represents the guy that did get the job. So just some thoughts uh, and taking you inside some of the details of the coaching searches. So um, make sure that you check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest inside information on not only coaching searches, but everything regarding uh, free agency, the draft, uh, transfer portal, recruiting, players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college or NFL level. We've got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Uh, if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Highly recommend LandryFootball.com. Try it out for a month. It's cheaper if you try it out for six months. Um, the best offer is our holiday savings special. Uh, at uh, LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you again next time, everybody.